Hey, hi, I'm Sammy. I'm a heroin addict. Um, let's see. I want to. My sobriety date is January 27th of this year. And I want to thank Eric for asking me to speak. Um, I got sober in AA. I go to an HA meeting every week, though, I have. It's been my home group. Um, I've tried to get sober a lot of times. I've had like dry time in sobriety. Um, but this is like the only time that I've successfully like worked all the steps with a sponsor. Um, I still have a sponsor who I'm in contact with and I have like a sponsee who I'm taking through the steps and I have a relationship with a higher power today. And um, as I'm sitting in front of you right now, like I don't wanna use drugs or drink, then the obsession is gone. So that's pretty cool. Um, but what it was like for me before um, I grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas, so I'm not from here. Um, I had a pretty, like, normal childhood. Uh, I was an only child, so I was, like, kind of lonely, like, already, and then I was just, like, a freak back then. Like, I kind of was the kid who was, like, not really understanding, like, the normal like rules of engagement like I don't I felt like everyone else kind of had a manual for life that I didn't get and um I don't know by the time that I was like in sixth or seventh grade I felt like I like was I had like this identity of like depression that I was just like depressed like I needed a drink before I had one like, I definitely had that spiritual malady before I ever took my first drink. Um, like, crazy stuff. I actually, like, tried to kill myself with, like, Excedrin migraine, even though I, like, didn't really know that it would do that. Like, I just took, like, 20 pills because whatever and, like, was just, like, burning myself with incense. And my parents was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. I'm 12, you know? But it's like, I was just, like, a tornado already at 12 and my parents had no idea what to do with me um they got divorced also when i was 12. um but yeah so my first interactions with like drugs and alcohol were also around that time like seventh grade i think i like found out what weed was and then immediately tried to like buy it at school and then within like 20 minutes got arrested <laughs> like at school because they had a real cop at school um so that was great um and then so i got suspended the someone else got expelled and then i just had to pee in a cup like every week for six months at like 13 not ever having smoked the weed and so i was sober but peeing in a cup and just like feeling like I was like already, you know, like a hard boiled drug addict. So I feel like I kind of absorbed that mentality. Um, but I hadn't had that like moment of like, I have arrived, you know, I just kind of like absorbed that like identity. Um, but then in like around 14 or 15, that's kind of like when I started drinking and using, um, I just like started partying, um, just like but more than my friends. Like I would drink and just like black out, throw up, um, drink to like not remember. And I started doing cocaine, which was like weird to my friends. Like I would be like, you know, it's 6 a.m. Like, where can we get more? And they would be like, I'm going home. And I would be like, 
okay, suit yourself. I'm sleeping at this park. Um, and that was weird to them, you know? Um, and so I was just like a little more than all of my, like they just like were, they just, I always felt like I just like went a little harder than everyone else, but I didn't see it as like a full on, um, like, you know, physical craving and mental obsession and spiritual malady type of problem. I just thought I liked to party a little harder. Um, but I ended up like using a needle and, and then I went to just one time, but I ended up going to treatment because my parents found out. So I went to treatment in Arkansas for the first time when I was 16. And that's when I was exposed to AA. Um, I read the book because they didn't give us any other books. Uh, besides the Bible, but I remember just reading the Bible and reading the big book in like a log cabin in the middle of nowhere in Arkansas. And I don't really think like I absorbed that much of it. Like back where I was, AA was literally just like the bad coffee. I think people still smoked inside of the meetings. Like I just felt like it was a bunch of old people and me. And like, I didn't get the message at all at 16. So like, as soon as I got out, I'm pretty sure I relapsed again, um, right back to doing, you know, drugs, how I wanted to, um, wasn't living at home. I dropped out of high school, um, in junior year, I think, uh, I ended up getting my GED later. I like, don't even remember when I got it because <laughs> my memory is so bad, but I started doing, um, opiates back then. It was like, Roxy's like oxycodone around like 18 um, because like I picked bad boyfriends and one was being really mean to me and I moved in with and I was just like crying in my room really loudly and I moved in with a roommate who was like addicted to Roxy's and I didn't know it and she literally gave me like half of one to shut me up and then I immediately and she was like here take this and I took it and just like like that I stopped crying and then I was like hmm Maybe this, like, that's how I looked at drugs from the beginning. I looked at it as my solution. I was like, this can help me go to work. This can help me, you know, handle life. Because, like, I felt from the beginning, like, I had an abnormal reaction to life. Like, I was my problem, and drugs and alcohol were always my solution. You know, until later they weren't. Um, so, yeah, I got strung out. Uh, I started getting sick. At first, I didn't even know what it was. Like, when I was puking every morning and, like, shivering every night, I was like, what's, you know, I must have really bad anxiety or I must have a cold. And I was like, I literally didn't know, like, how bad it was going to get. Um, but eventually, I, like, actually, you know, got actually strung out and, like, the thing, bad things started happening and I just, like, started doing the things that we all do. Um, you know, like, I was homeless uh, for a while. I just ended up like moving in and out of my car. I was in and out of treatment, um, overdosing. Um, I never went to jail, which is good, um, but just like was basically like strung out on heroin for like two years and went to treatment, but never made it past 30 days. I would like get on Suboxone, but then couldn't stay on the Suboxone because I would always sell my Suboxone for heroin. Um, but I just couldn't stay sober. Like nothing I would do would keep me sober. Um, and so at one point I was at tw age 21 is when I finally kind of like 
made a little bit of a change. I was like staying in an indigent, like sober living that used to be like a nursing home. Like someone had taken all the like copper pipes out of the AC to like sell for meth. And so we, it was just really hot in like August. But uh, so I was staying there and I'd gotten kicked out because I'd relapsed. And then I was just like, I didn't know what to do. So I just called like an 800 number for treatment. And I thought it was gonna be just like another hospital locked room in Arkansas and I ended up getting sent to California. Um, my parents thought I was going to get sex trafficked. They were like, they're going to kidnap you as soon as you get off the plane. And at that point I was just like, I don't care. Like I was like, I got to do something. So it's better than here. I'm going to get sex trafficked. So I just packed all my stuff and um, did it. And then I ended up you know, going into treatment. I had no idea that treatment even existed. And of course, like treatment didn't save me. Many years later, I say that. But at that point, I felt like it did. Like I literally was like, this is what, you know, I've been waiting for. I was able to like stay in treatment for like nine months. Um, I did get a sponsor. I did do what they told me to do in treatment. Um, and I worked enough of the steps to have the like physical craving and the mental obsession go away but not like the spiritual malady like i didn't make any amends and i didn't start sponsoring so i was like riding on like that high of like not wanting to drink or do drugs anymore and i was basically like sober party partying with the fellowship meanwhile not dealing with my resentments um and i got I stayed sober for about a year and 11 months um, when I first moved out here. And I got dry, like, after, like, a year. So I stayed sober, like, 11 months, pretty much miserable. By, like, as I was approaching my two years, I pretty much wanted to blow my brains out. And I was like, if this is sobriety, like, I'm just going to kill myself. Like, I was like, if this is what you know, a life beyond my wildest dreams is like, this is, I can't do it. Like, and I like, I thought I had lost my like choice in it. I thought like I couldn't relapse even if I wanted to, I had this like weird, like game in my head. I was like, if I'm, I don't even know. I thought I'd like lost my free will or something. And so I decided to, you know, just see if I could even do it. And then, of course, I fucking could. And I relapsed on New Year's Day of 2018. And I was like, wow, what a great way to start the year. Um, and so, yeah, that ended up getting really bad. Like, once I started relapsing out here, it was really bad. Um, I was just, like, you know, picking up on Craigslist. I didn't know anybody. Like, I was immediately... The progression is real. Like, I'm immediately so much worse than it was ever before. Um, and out here, I was able to, like, get time again. But as soon as I went out, it was like, you know, I would just, like, overdose immediately. I would be, you know, like, the most, like, horrible emotional like, I would just, like, want to die so bad. Like, it would be the worst it's ever been in a matter of 48 or hours or less. Um, but, yeah, I got time a couple times again, but I just couldn't stay sober. And I didn't understand why I couldn't stay sober, but it's because I refused to go back to AA. Like, I had a resentment against 
um, the program or resentment against God. I didn't think the steps worked. I thought I'd already worked the steps and they didn't work. Um, and so I had like a lot of just stuff to work through. Um, and so this time, what has allowed me to get sober, um, I had two just like really rough, like step one humbling experiences. Um, I was just really bad when I came in this time. I was drinking a lot and uh, had like some pretty horrific like physical and mental consequences. I was just like hallucinating and like having DTs and seizures and then doing fentanyl and meth on top of that, on top of it. I literally felt just like an animal. I didn't even feel human anymore. And I just thought I was gonna die and I got scared. And then when I came in to treatment this time, I just like felt like I was so broken this time that I all I could do was like ask for help, um, which is I know like what you're supposed to do. Um, but I felt like my first step experience this time was really powerful and that helped me like build a basis on which I could like work the rest of the steps. And uh, I was just able to get like self and ego and like all of those past resentments that I was like holding on to for so long that were literally killing me. And I was able to like move them out of the way and let like God or whatever was supposed to happen happen and like let people help me. Um, and it's just been like a really beautiful experience to like let myself like become teachable because like I read this book like a million times. I went to treatment centers where like we didn't have phones and they would literally only give you this in the Bible. So it's like I read these words a million times, but like now I'm able to read them and like read new things, you know, and like that's a really powerful experience for me. Um, because I just didn't think, like, I thought I had ruined the steps for myself by, like, messing them up, you know? So, I feel really, like, I don't know, it's really powerful that, like, I, uh, I don't know, that it has been able to work for me. Because it's not me. Like, I have done nothing different. Because that's the thing that, that we're, they were always asking me in treatment. Like, what are you going to do different this time? And I did nothing different. I simply, like, allowed other people and uh the higher power of my understanding to like come into my life and that's what's happened um but yeah thank you all for my sobriety and for the newcomer that's what i would say i would say like surrender <laughs> it sucks like you want to take your will like you want to be able to make decisions but you don't realize that you already are not making decisions. Like you think that you have choices, but if you're a true like alcoholic or heroin addict, the power of choice is like already gone. And you think that you're pulling the strings, but you're really not. Um, and so like to just like flow with that and let the power be like shifted into the hands from like heroin and alcohol into like you know, good direction and God and like, you know, what's like the natural flow of like what's supposed to happen. Like that's when things like start to like unfold in your life for the better. Um, but yeah, the steps work. Thank you. Yeah.
tonight, you know, after the perspective that you just gave on like having a humbling first first step experience, you know, because I've come back a few times into the room after getting some time and it's like regardless of like who the sponsor is or like who is in my sobriety circle and I'm talking with, like everybody's you know, a lot of people I've spoken to have been trying to find like an angle like, oh you didn't work at Oster step or you held something back in your fourth step. Or maybe you just haven't fully surrendered, or maybe you just don't really have a concept of a higher power. And it's like, I really don't fucking know what the reason is why I go back out, but you know, you just put perfectly, I've lost the power of my choice. You know, like, I've lost the power of choice, and here I am thinking I'm the one, like, pulling the strings, but I'm really not. So, you know, I just want to share on that and just share that, like, something struck from your share tonight.